1: It's Rick Tittle!
2: Hey, hey, ho, ho,
3: your ugly face has got to go. You know the rest. Do I? I think you do. Uh, It's the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. We're moving up Jan Wall because we don't have a show on Friday. So we're going to bring her in in the second hour today. So she gets an extra hour of sleep or whatever she does in the morning. Uh, We'll have some entertainment guests in that second hour We'll have Stuart Shapiro, Chris Woolsey, and Nicole Newnham. Uh, But we also will start off the show with some open lines, which will be nice, at 1-800-878-PLAY. We'll bring back Brandon Steiner. He's the guy with all the sports collectibles and also musicians and such. Karen Lyle from SalesPortstalk.com. That's her time slot at 940 on Tuesdays, and we'll get out on the bay Uh, Also, in the uh, third hour, we'll continue on with uh, J.D. Sharp from Pro Wagering, and we'll also have uh, some uh, health experts for you once again, and then we'll close with some open lines as well. What is the phone number, you may ask? Rick, we already heard. (laughs) It's 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Get you in and get you heard wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours. And overseas, American Forces Radio Network. My two favorite calls, and really I can count the calls on one hand over the years from overseas on American Forces. But one was from a Marine at the embassy in Tokyo, which was cool. And then another guy who was driving on the Autobahn in Germany and he said, "We we just love your show so much." I'm like, "Thank you." He goes, "No, yeah, I can't tell you what you mean." I'm like, "Oh, that's really great." He goes, "It's just, I just want to just say we appreciate you." I'm like, "Oh, thanks." He goes, "Yeah, I don't really know who you are, but I mean, you just like you know sports talk." And I was like, uh, "Okay," kind of like Fred Willard and Spinal Tap. Big fans of yours, not you specifically, but the whole rock and roll genre, right? I'm Rick Tyler. We got three hours. Get on back.
4: Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com go to learn more.
0: That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details. Do you
6: have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
7: Jim Gaffigan here with some more straight talk. Now you can get a Walmart plus membership plus not pay for it because it's included with straight talk wireless plans. You get free delivery with Walmart plus plus a Paramount plus subscription included. Plus, you pay less for gas. That's
5: a lot of pluses. Only Straight Talk gives you unlimited 5G data and Walmart Plus included on select plans for free.
8: Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart.
5: Requires service on Gold or Platinum Unlimited. One offer per eligible account. Paramount Plus Essential Plan only. Separate registration required. Additional terms apply.
2: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius.
3: Thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Rick Tuttle with you, coast to coast, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. We have an open segment. Once again, 1-800-878-PLAY if you'd like to get in. Um, I'll talk about what I did last night. I had a searing abdominal cramp, and I was bent over. No, before that. <clears throat> I was invited um, to the Me Made Media event fundraiser. It'd be nice if I could say it right. M-E-D-E-A. Randy Wynn uh, was on my show talking about it a couple weeks ago, and I was invited as a media member. And it was the first time they had ever done this. It was bringing in celebrities, then you bid on them, and then you go to a big, famous restaurant in these uh, limos. And it was from Water Bar to Morton Steakhouse to Ozumo to the Warrior Game and that MVP or VIP suite with, um, uh, you know, the Rockets and the Warriors actually won a game last night. I know it's a headline. Um, But when I arrived and I was suited and booted, had on the sport coat and everything, um, but it was like, oh, no, the press doesn't go to the restaurants. I'm like, okay. But it was at this place uh, next to the ballpark, called the Mission Bay Wine and Cheese. And I just got to tell you, I haven't really... I mean, I don't go over there very often, but I used to a lot. Mitch Hedberg, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to as well. Yeah, I used to go over there a lot. And what that ballpark, what the Giants have done, how it has transcended this just... I mean, I dare to ask what another town has done. I know Denver, they said where uh, Coors Field is built used to be Skid Row. And I can see it. I went to Coors Field in the summer and it's next to the railroad tracks. And now there's, it's just this complete claustrophobic hive of apartments. So I can see how you know that used to be a really bad neighborhood and it's been revived. But what the Giants have done all the way down that side of Mission Bay, past the ramp, the Warriors never would have built there, if the Warriors, if the Giants hadn't gotten there twenty years earlier. Um, the amount of tech and just apartments, the Giants' parking lot are now not just buildings, but massive tall <laughs> apartment buildings. It just shows you what happens if you <coughs> let let someone build their own stadium. Anyway, um. So it was it was good because I you know I haven't really seen a lot of media types since the pandemic outside of a few press boxes, and so I saw my man Vern Glenn. Big hugs, love Vern. When I used to be in the KPIX building, CBS building ninety five seven, every once in a while he'd come down from the TV side and sit in with me. Um got to see my, my friend J.J. Stokes, one of the nicest guys ever. Of course, All-American at UCLA. The Niners moved up to draft him. Remember when the Niners got him, they were like, oh my gosh, you're going to have Jerry Rice and J.J. Stokes? Um, didn't turn out to be a Hall of Famer or even a Pro Bowler, but he was still good. And <clears throat> he told me a great story um, where one time they were at, uh, where, he was in um, Vegas, for an event and Brian Erlocker was a senior in college coming out of New Mexico I think and he told me I could tell the story on the air because I mentioned I had Erlocker on the show but anyway he said <laughs> that they were going into this, this uh, VIP event and they weren't letting Erlocker in and J.J. Stokes went out and said this guy is going to be a first round pick he's an All-American you might not know his name but you have to let him into this party and they went okay J.J. if you say so so he got him in he said the next year they're playing in Chicago and he was with the Niners and JJ said he was coming over the middle, caught a ball, and Erlacher hit him hard and tackled him, and as he's picking him up, he put his arm around him and he goes, Because you got me in that party, that's why I didn't destroy you. <laughs> and he's like he goes, He still hit me pretty hard. He goes, Well, I guess he could have broken all my ribs if he but he said these. I love stories like that. Those are stories that I don't have because I didn't play in the NFL or MLB or National Hockey League, what have you. Um, So anyway, um, basically hung out with with J.J. the most of the night. Got to say again, tipping my own hat to the fact that Dusty Baker remembered me. I haven't seen Dusty in 100 years, and he went through the little red carpet line, and he looked good. I mean, he's 74, I think, or something. He actually looked really good. And... He was walking by, and I was like, hey, Skip. He goes, hey, Rick. I'm like, wow. I go, you're good with names. He goes, I just have one question for you. I go, what is that? He goes, where'd you get that beer? <laughs> I go, it's over there. Um, everybody was swarming on Shaq. <clears throat> uh, I didn't. I stayed on the periphery, and then later he came by. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I go, I, I got to get a selfie with you. You're Shaq. He's like, it's all good, man. So I did. And uh, I look like I'm three feet tall in that picture, and it was red forehead night. Um, But anyway, so the bidding started, and it was all these, like, financial guys, like, whatever, Shearson and Lehman or Solomon Brothers, whatever, they still exist. And so it's a lot of these kind of, like, let's just say financial types, you know, I went golfing at Pebble. I went snorkeling in Belize. I skied in Banff. I beat my servants, those type of guys. So, it came for the bidding and there was like an auctioneer guy goes, "All right, we're going to we're going to start with Shaq. Who's going to go to dinner with Shaq? Do I hear 1,000? 1, 1,000. Do I hear 2,000? 2, 2,000. It got up to 12,000 <clears> and then this other guy was just a baller. He goes, "50,000. Let's just end this now." And everybody else was like, I ain't topping that. And it was just like, boom. You know, for $50,000, you can buy a really nice car. Uh, it all goes to charity, which is nice. But, yeah, that was kind of a baller move. Do I hear 13000 14000 50000 It's over. <laughs> like, okay. Because <laughs> he's probably like, I'll go as high as that, but I don't want to sit here for five minutes while we keep going up and up. He probably could have had Shaq for twenty thousand I don't know it kind of seemed like it was going that way I talked a long time to Dave Stewart too who still looks good we're just talking about the situation with the A's and he's still gonna do pre and post on TV and you know Stu's been very outspoken that uh, he didn't say it to me but I've you know he's a guy trying to get Major League Baseball to Nashville he's been doing that for a long time Um. He's gone out of his way to say that he thinks John Fisher is a very nice guy. He didn't, doesn't ag- agree with him necessarily, but he also has some very harsh uh, terms in the press for the Oakland City Council. It's kind of the old, um, you know, both sides are to blame type of thing. But anyway, we didn't really talk about that, but it was really cool. And then I go back to my, if you told me when I was in college that I would be hanging out talking to Dave Stewart, I'm like, I'd be like, no way. You know, these things occur to me later. After all these you know I've been working in this business since the eighties, but still um he looked good um there uh Eddie Murray was there, Greg Vaughn was there, didn't see Molly; he might have been at the stadium for the Warriors, maybe he met people for dinner there. Randy Wynn at one point someone grabbed my arm, kind of hooked me, and turned me around and pulled me. It was a little aggressive. But it was Randy Wynn and he's like, Rick, tell these guys where you went to college. And I went, St. Mary's goes, We're all Santa Clara guys. And there are like five Santa Clara guys standing there, like frowning at me. I'm like, Sorry. I go, My dad went to Santa Clara, does that count? And they're like, Oh, okay. But uh anyway, and then I bailed after lots of free crab cakes and beers and salami and cheese. But it was kind of uh it was kind of a cool event. It kind of felt like old times before the pandemic when there was much more decadence. The decadence of Rome, I'm Nero, come on back
9: the house really I wonder if my parents will ever be a part.
0: Pricing information. 800-915-9654. 915 9654 800-915-9654. That's 800-915-9654.
10: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills you're getting taken to the cleaners. Right now,
0: paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. 800 965 1295. That's 800 965 1295.
10: Now you
5: see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb.
10: Rick Tittle always goes commando.
3: Hey, thank you for that, and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. When it comes to memorabilia from the sports world, entertainment world, it doesn't get any better than the collectible X exchange, and that's with the big capital X in the middle. And we bring in the man behind that, Brandon Steiner, again. And uh, Brandon, uh, it's uh, happy times there. You've acquired Star Stock dot com over a million cards tell us more please
11: well you know we had a lot of collectibles the site's been growing uh thank you for all the cooperation for the past three years and uh it's just been amazing if you looking for an unusual gift i mean the site is just chock full of the best of the best from people all over the world putting stuff up and we just felt like we were a little short on the trading cards and when star stock opportunity arose there's a million and a half cards um, we we're able to take those cards and Store them for you in a vault. We give you a white glove service. If you want them graded, you try. Need help with what you you know what you have and what you what what the stuff is worth? You know we can help you with that too. So if you really have a bunch of trading cards you don't know what to do with, I'm your guy. And, or or if you're looking to buy some trading cards, there's a whole new selection of cards that you should be looking at on StarsBack.com because it's a crazy selection and the site really does have a lot of bells and whistles for our trading card fans. That really explains to you some of the values of these cars, what they've sold for in the past, and that sort of thing.
3: How does it work? You know, most businesses will say, you know, on the holidays, we do 80% of our year's business. How is, is that kind of the same in the memorabilia field you see a lot of people, or does it stay more consistent throughout the year?
11: Well, collectors collect all year round, but the sports fan that collect a little bit, this is definitely that's true with them. I think the trading card thing is, is you know, there's a whole new ballgame going on with so many more kids, so many more people collecting cards and trading you know a lot of people remember there's a lot more trading where with a collectible you wouldn't trade as much but with a trading cards like this you know, you're buying and selling every day you're selling your cards you're buying a new one so it's really become a 12 month a year sport the collectibles is definitely a density towards the end of the year which now you're getting a great gift for uh, a fan of a, a friend um but the collectors collect all year round there's no doubt now it's a 12 month sport for the collectors but the Sports fans, you know, they're picking up stuff around this time of year. There's some good codes on the site. You get, I think it's 25% off a whole bunch of the this stuff. This is actually a good weekend if you're looking for quick early gifts. There's a click on the site for under 100, and then there's 25% off of, I mean, thousands of items. So you can go pick up stuff cheap.
3: Do you have a story? I'll, I'll give you one of mine. My most memorable trade that my older brother told me I was stupid. I was about 8 years old, and... I had Willie Mays on the Mets, and it wasn't a good card. It was him frowning with a, a head of gray hair. And my cousin, the Giants fan, he traded me like eight guys on the A's for the one Willie Mays card. And to me, that was a great trade. You know, this is this old man with gray hair. And my older brother said, you're an idiot. Do you have, <laughs> do you have a trade in your past that was good or bad?
11: Well, I mean, definitely throwing out all my cards that I had from the 50s and 60s when I was trying to clean up my room was probably a bad decision.
9: Ooh.
11: Not a good idea. But one of my best trades is that there was this card store that I used to sell products to, and he wanted a jeter ball, and I was able to pick up a 69 uh, basketball set of tops, mm. which had the Krimo Dujabar rookie card, which ended up being worth $40,000. Wow. So when I got it graded, it was an 8, And that set of cards, which was just sitting on the bottom of my closet, I wasn't even paying attention to it, ended up, you know, I gave him a Derek Jeter ball, which I did, you know, I did Derek's autographs back then. So it was a few hundred dollar cost at the most, maybe not even. And then pick up uh, 40, it was 45,000 for the whole set. That was a really good trade, man. Love that trade. (laughs) But, you know, know, I I think now it's like you're always looking for rookie cards. You're trying to find diamonds in the rough. It's a little harder. But if you keep You you poke around, and then there's nothing like getting an autograph yourself on something that's a little bit different and unique, and then sometimes those things end up being gems.
3: I also think it's uh, cool, too, is that you don't have to come in and get the Honus Wagner card. You can go to the site. You can get some cards for a dollar or whatever, and I I think about – you know, as an Ace fan, I look at Zach Goloff. Uh, no one heard of him outside of Oakland. He comes up, and he's on the worst team in baseball, but he's Rookie of the Month, I think twice, in the American League, and you can kind of see that card grow and mm-hmm. grow and grow. Exactly. It's fun.
11: I think it's a lot of fun, and there are like, thousands of cards you can pick up for $10, 20 $10. But I always tell people, like, if Steph Curry, where's well, his cards sold for pretty good money, but if he drops 100 tonight, which is possible, I mean, God knows where some of those trading cards are going to go, and that's what's fun about sports—you just never know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to hit four home runs in a game, a game-winning home run, or somebody just has one of those seasons to remember. That's what I love about the business. But this star stock site is—if you're a trading card person—you got to go give it a look. I mean, it's—it's it's insane, and I'm—I'm I'm just really grateful to be able to add it on to the Collectible Exchange so that we have the card collector covered, along with the collector and, and themselves. So. Between the two of them, you're looking at a pretty substantial amount of stuff, and all we're doing is growing. We're just growing, and mainly because of the fans out there that are sending in and bringing up their stuff. A lot of people at this time of year are looking to buy other stuff, and they can bring their stuff to us. We sell it, and they can trade in for other stuff or just get money for their stuff. Pretty
3: cool. We're speaking with Brandon Steiner from Collectible Exchange. I know that a couple years ago you launched that, Athletedirect.com, and... That's the other thing, too, is just kind of cutting out the middleman sometimes and trying to authenticate if something's real or not. And you're like, look, you know, Mark Messier, you give it to me, I'll move it on.
11: Well, I love that athletes are coming to us now and selling their stuff directly on the site. Uh, we also have a great collection of women. You know, Alex Morgan, Brana Stewart, Mia Hamm. I mean, these are rock stars in the world of women's sports. And, and the fact that they've given us their collections and are signing stuff for fans. I urge anybody out there that's a girl dad or uh, has a kid playing sports, put the women's stuff in the kids' room, not just the Kobe's and the Cheaters and the Jordans, which I see so many people doing. And there's nothing wrong with those guys, but I think it's time to pay homage to some of the women athletes. And the collective on our site is amazing. Um, There's a group called The Collective, and they do a good job of dealing with a whole bunch of issues for women in sports. And we have one smoke in the wheel. We're able to do the collectibles, and it's it's done really well, and surprisingly, it's really picking up speed. I mean, we're seeing a lot more women collecting um, and, and collecting not only in general, but collecting women's stuff.
3: Tell us a little bit more, too. You got that bid CX platform, how that works.
11: Oh, I forgot about You know, we're doing, like, one of the biggest auctions of the year right now, and all stuff from different people from all over the country. I mean, if you're into oddball collectibles, like stuff you've probably not seen before, one of a kind, Really cool stuff, and not everything expensive like a lot of typical auctions have. This is a very affordable auction with a lot of quirky different types of collectibles on there that different people from around the country have sent in over the last few months. I would say this is the most unique auction we've ever done um, with stuff like from Lou Gehrig to just oddball cards that are on there. That, if you're looking for something a little different for to, to give a gift, this, this auction will close uh, literally next Sunday. You'll have the gifts in time for Christmas. And uh, you should go to bidcx.com. That's a a phenomenal. I'm glad you mentioned it. Thank you for that. Um, Because I want to buy everything on this site because I love unique and one of a kind stuff. And that this site, this particular auction, is crawling with one of a kind.
3: I saw the other day that Napoleon's hat went for (laughs) 2.1 million. Yeah. Was that something that you, if you could get your hands on that, or do you try to keep it just sports? No, no, I would,
11: I would love to get my hands on that. and I'm always looking for stuff like that. And we do get some unusual political stuff, or we'll get some stuff from musicians or actors and actresses. But that was one of a kind. I love when I see stuff like that. You know, one of the things I think about is that I just think in this time and era where a lot of, some of the great celebs, great notable people who are getting older and the downsides, I think we're going to see a lot more of that stuff come up. Um, we're starting to see it now, and I think we're going to see some of the greats of the greats of all facets of life start auctioning and selling their stuff. A lot of these opportunities where the money goes to the kids or the family or charity. And uh, that's what I urge a lot of celebrities that run into. like, ah, I don't want to do that much. Yeah, but think about the good you could do if you auction that stuff off. So I think you'll see a lot more auctions with more unique, crazy stuff like that in the next couple of years.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Like people our age, and we get to the point where we're like, all right, I'm going to yeah. move this on. Everybody check it out. Collectible Exchange. There's no extra E in the middle. It's the word collectible, then the letter X and change. CollectibleExchange.com. As I mentioned, they just got StarStock.com, which is a marketplace site with over a million sports trading cards. Brandon Steiner has been with us. Brandon, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming on, man.
11: Well, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Stay safe, and let's hope for a lot of peace during this Thanksgiving weekend.
3: That would be nice, yes. Good thoughts there from Brandon Steiner. And, you know, its I've told this story before, but I'll just tell it real quick because it's too heartbreaking and horrifying. But my great-grandfather had cigar cards. Yeah, those. And I don't know if he had a Honus Wagner, but they were actually in a cigar box. And when he died in 1974, I think, my older brother got them just because he was the oldest. And then in 1975, like a year later, he sold them the whole box for like 200 bucks, which was a lot of money back then. And he bought it 10 speed. I don't even want (laughs) to know what's in that box (laughs) because it makes me sick. All right, when we come back, we will go sailing with Karen. Come on.
12: Lyle of Salesport Talk. Congratulations to the National Sailing Hall of Fame inductees of 2023. The ceremony was held at the Balboa Bay Club and Newport Yacht Harbor Club. Inductees include Sally Honey from the San Francisco Bay Area, Tim Hogan from Newport Beach, Bob Perry from Seattle, Washington, and Bill Lapworth of Los Angeles. Tim Hogan, a three-time all-American sailor, has been president of the Interscholastic Sailing Association, ISSA, since 2005, his board doubled the number of high school teams competing in sailing from 330 to 620 competitive teams. Sally Honey has twice been named Rolex Yachts Woman of the Year in 1973 and 74, and most recently shared an inspiring victory winning the 2022 Newport Bermuda race with her husband Stan Honey aboard their 56-year-old Cal40 Illusion. She is the author of U.S. Sailing's Safety at Sea, A Guide to Safety Under Sail and Personal Survival and is chair of World Sailing's Offshore Special Regulations Committee. William Bill Lapworth partnered with Jack Jensen to build Cal-20s and later one of the most popular yachts ever, the Cal-40. Lapworth was one of the first naval architects to successfully embrace the boat industry change from wood to fiberglass. Lapworth and Jensen collaborated on 32 different designs with Cal Yachts. Lapworth cruised for many years on his own Cal Cruising 46 with his wife Peggy and their five children. Renowned West Coast Naval architect Robert Bob Perry grew up in Australia and then moved to Seattle with his family when he was 12. He started with the Valiant 40 and then designed for many builders including Tiana, Choi Lee, Valiant, Baba, Tashing. Hans Christian Yachts, Islander, Passport, Pacific Seacraft, and Saga. Other inductees include John Cullis from Houston, Texas, John Marshall from Florida, Skip Etchells, and Richard Dick Stearns III from Illinois. And finally, Caribbean sailor Peter Holmberg, who won Olympic medals in the Finn class, four Congressional Cups in Long Beach, and America's Cup campaigns. Congrats again to all. This is Karen Lyle of Sail Sport Talk. Building Bridges welcomes Art on Piano One Steinway & Sons 338662, restored by Piano Finders in 2018, to the Art on Piano Art Project. <laughs> That's the Chopin Ballade in flat recorded by Kendall Rossveen at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California. Learn more at artonpiano.com. artonpiano.com
3: All right, thank you for that crisscross. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. And that music means it's 940 Pacific Time on a Tuesday. And uh, we bring in Karen Lyle from talk.com as we have for many years to co-host this segment with me. And Karen, you're going to switch it up. You don't need a boat today. You want to talk about swimming, right?
12: Well, swimming and boats, because swimming leads to boats, didn't you know?
3: It's the gateway drug to boats, yes.
12: (laughs) It is indeed. (laughs) Do you swim, by the way? No. You don't swim? Ever, ever, never, ever?
3: Well, in a swimming pool, but I'm not going to go out in a body of water like some kind of crazy schmuck.
12: Well, you know, swimming in a swimming pool is no small thing.
3: Well, that's fun.
12: (laughs) I mean, when I was... When I was fourteen years old I couldn't even swim in a swimming pool. I had to stay at the place where I could stand.
3: I know, the then you became pool. a champion.
12: Well, I think I was second place in long distance in the state championships, but um it was a little pathway between no swimming to there.
3: <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs>
12: Well, you know, the interesting thing about swimming, I wasn't thinking about that so much uh, until we had our guest last week, um, the nonprofit that raises money for people to learn how to swim, Oceans and Roads Foundation, um, Inc. Agreement. And I was thinking, you know, I, I swim now without thinking about it. I'm on a boat. I don't worry about, you know, falling over into the water. I don't, uh, It ha- you know... It hasn't happened unless I was on a small boat and that was our purpose, you know, where we capsize on purpose so we can write the boat. Um, but basically, you know, I, my, I've snorkeled in Zanzibar and, and uh, freedived there and in the British Virgin Islands and all these places, and I just don't think about it that much because I got my introduction at the YMCA when I was 15. I think it was uh, Southern California. Tell us more. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about where things go from swimming because there's a lot of different water sports around the world and boats, you know, we've been covering sail sport talk here on Sports Byline for um 242 shows now and we've added quite an audience to our listeners because you have all the sports fans and then we've added people who are boaters, who are sailors, you know, who kayak, who canoe, who do all kinds of water sports, you know, in power boats and so forth. And I think, you know, I was looking at this up and there was something like 11,834, um, I mean, excuse me, 11,834,500 boats registered in the United States. Did you know that?
3: That's crazy, yeah.
12: Yeah. In all 50 states. And so a lot, and a lot of those boats are under 24 feet. They're small, oftentimes trailered. Um, you were saying that you've been up in uh, Lake Tahoe many years. Have you been on small boats?
3: Well, I have, we have a family cabin up there because I'm filthy rich. Now my grandfather built it in 1966 uh, in Kings beach. It had no phone and no TV. And then in the seventies we got a phone and now it has a TV and neighbors used to be more isolated. Um, so, uh, I've never known anybody with a boat. Um, so I would rent every once in a while. My favorite thing to rent is the, the sea doo, the, like the water motorcycle. Um, mm-hmm. but, but that's $75 an hour. So I think I've only done that like three times. Um, one time way out in the middle of the lake, um, my boat did capsize. And I went in the drink for about you know a few seconds, which was kind of scary. Um, and then I was helped back in, but I don't have a lot of boating experience on Lake Tahoe.
12: Well, I, you know, being there, you're watching a lot of boats, right?
3: Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. And they're like, especially if you come down the west side by, you know, Carnelian Bay and Agate Bay, and you see them kind of moored out in the private little docks. It's very, um, it's it's very bucolic.
12: Well, you know, it seems to me such an interesting intersection between. Um, boating and salesport and the the sports byline audience and you've been broadcasting now since when did you start tell us a little bit about your background before salesport talk came onto the show
3: well i worked i started working in television in the late 80s when i got out of st mary's and i worked on sports television uh as a first as a tape operator and chiron generator then it became when i was 26 a technical director and so i worked Ace Giants, Warriors, I was there before the Sharks even existed, Cal Stanford, all that stuff, and uh, then went into radio uh, right around 2000, so I've been in radio the last 23 years. This show has been on the air more than 20 years now with me as the host.
13: Well,
12: and now, as I understand it, we have 100 million listeners in 168 countries, and that's on 10 platforms. I think iHeartRadio and just iHeartRadio alone has um, people who have devices in their cars that have the iHeartRadio app or on their smart TVs or on their mobile devices or computers are able to listen to the sports byline channel. And then in other countries, I think iHeart's only United States, Canada, and, and Australia, but in other countries, we have tune-in radio, which is really big. And you've got sports byline channels, um, with 24 seven sports on that. Uh, and what other platforms and, and
3: there's also uh people- stitcher is another one. I'm also on Twitch uh, twitch.tv right now on the studio. Um, there are a bunch of different ways sports as we stream, uh, the potential is a hundred million i don 't think we're getting a hundred million right now, but the potential right. I think we
12: estimated something like twenty million actual <laughs> listeners each show right
3: <laughs> well there's at least one his name's Dominic. he's <laughs> he's listening I can guarantee we have you to say... I can guarantee you one listener <laughs>
12: <laughs> well, you know we have to give a shout out to Dominic who really makes us go with the um with the the studio engineering mm-hmm. that brings in people from all over. And all I only think he's world.
3: half listening. So it's half a person. <laughs> you want, no, he's giving you
12: the thumbs up there. I can see
3: it. No, I'm just teasing him. <clears throat> so uh, no, no. I know you always also wanted to um talk about the fact you mentioned all the, the, the boats that are registered. Um I do love boats. And I remember the first car I bought, I almost bought a, a, um, a boat instead, because I like going out on San Pablo Bay in the muddy waters and fishing for sturgeon and all that, which I think is uh, uh, super fun. And But the thing I do now, the uh, party boats, as they're called the pontoon boats on the San Pablo mm-hmm. Dam, the San Pablo Dam, you can rent those um, for like, I think it's like 90 bucks an hour, but you can get like 10 people on it. It's a flat bottom. It drives like a car. It's really fun.
12: Oh yeah, I've been on the pontoon boats, um actually up in the delta because my dad, um my dad's been a boater, a power boater since before I was born and he joined the Delta Yacht Club in 1973 and there's an island up there above Stockton that uh, he takes his his boat so started out with a uh, um a Chris Craft not a
3: crisscross yeah right? crisss, yeah no <laughs> crisscrafts are uh, very very in fact you know what's funny is that Seinfeld when he got rich, he bought himself like three crisscrafts
12: well, I remember one day we were up in the in the marina and he was starting up the motor, and there was this like spud, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden this um, you know i don't know it was it was a very long bass, and um, if I were a fisherman I'd be able you exactly how long but it was bigger than i was and i was probably eight or nine years old at the time and it came floating up to the surface and the prop had killed it and some of the fishermen that were by the way said oh my gosh we've been trying to get that guy for years that's an old timer and he's oh i can't believe you got him with your prop (laughs) (laughs) anyway we we did we actually you know borrowed some of the fishermen's uh tools and and scaled them and took them home and eat them for for weeks <laughs> nice. but that's my fishing story i haven't i might well, to i did actually we we fished on the the trip down to when i went from uh san francisco to puerto vallarta on uh 78 foot catamaran uh, that was right before the pandemic we did have several fishermen aboard and we did you know we we cast a line off the back and we had fresh mahi mahi in. Oh, that was just marvelous because we had a chef who knew how to fix that. And, um, you know, so I haven't been the one fishing, but I've definitely had fishermen on board different boats that I've been on.
3: All right, so tell me how you go from not being able to swim to free diving in Zanzibar.
12: Well, I mean, the YMCA program that I was involved in was a swim team training program. So I learned the four different strokes, and, you know, they just taught us, I had a really the coach was a very good teacher. So I just learned, you know, starting with, you know, kickboards, how to kick and, and then you'd have these little slots you put between your legs so you can learn the different strokes and then you'd stand on the side and, and learn how to um do the strokes in the air, you know, just standing up like the you know, how you breathe and moving the head. So everything was kind of sectioned off into little sections. And then I just spent I say I learned how to swim when I was fifteen, but then I in high school I joined the swim team and then I would swim two hours in the morning and two hours before school and two hours after school. And so just, you know, lots of training and practice. But Zanzibar was actually really fun. I, I, I went there as a guest of um, someone I had taken sailing in the San Francisco Bay um, on a, with a bunch of wholesale tour operators from around the United States and ended up in Zanzibar and I just, you know, I asked one of the, the locals, if he would introduce me to a captain who took me out on a Dow and we went out sailing just the two of us and he was a Dow a fisherman turned captain. And and the Dow was that wooden boat that, you know, that they've been sailing for, for thousands of years, you know, up in, in the, in the Eastern part of the world, actually going from Zanzibar up to India and around and back. And, um, and, so I just took my snorkel mask with me on that particular trip, and and um, dove over the bottom, and there was some really interesting starfish. So I just, you know, held my breath, and went down for a little free diving, you know, not too deep. I mean, maybe maybe eight feet or nine feet or something like that. But I mean, I didn't think much about it. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, well, that's the path from one to the next, I guess.
3: And for people who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Zanzibar are these islands off the coast of Tanzania, right?
12: Right, right. It's actually a part of Tanzania. In 1962, I believe, Tanzania declared its independence, and Zanzibar also did. Uh, Zanzibar was mostly uh, occupied by people from the Middle Eastern parts of the world, and it had a very different flavor, so it's about 95% Muslim, and um, but it's very international. It's an international port, and a lot of the movie stars from Hollywood would come there for vacations in the 1930s, and actually still today. And you've got churches, you know, all different kinds. You've got Jewish synagogues. You have um, you have you know the Islamic churches. You have Christian, you know, Catholic, um, Protestant churches, and people are very it's very open about religion Mm -hmm. not there's no prejudice or fighting amongst people because it's Mm -hmm. just an international port you get along really well
3: and don't forget as we're running out of time here road to zanzibar that was hope and crosby remember that
12: right right.
3: yeah all right well you did it karen lyle com. go there for more information um thanks for coming on and happy thanksgiving
12: and happy Thanksgiving to you and all the rest.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports SportsBot.
0: Eight hundred seven six zero one eight four five. 760 1845. That's eight hundred seven six zero eighteen forty five. 760 1845.
15: President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Uh, the only show where we can bring up the road to Zanzibar. By the way, the uh, that was one of those, uh, you know, it was like I would think I don't think anybody did. But these the buddy movies, you know, road to with uh, Bob Hope and uh, Bing Crosby. And in that one, Rick, you're showing your age in that one the um the beautiful lead was dorothy lamore um and it's funny like you think back in in hollywood in those days dorothy lamore to me was i don't know she just looked about as plain as you could look i sometimes think that um like they would just it it's a it's a you know it's totally completely incorrect but i sometimes sort of feel like movie stars were just like whoever wanted to do it <laughs> What do you want to do? Can I be an actress? Yeah, okay, sure. You, I know that's not true. It's probably even more competitive than it is now. But if they did find you, then they would um, make you make five movies, six movies a year. It's just like you know, a studio would sign you, and then you would just—they would just pump them out and pump them out, and uh, you went from one project to the next over and over and over. But anyway, coming up after this, we'll have more Bing Crosby and Bob Hope talk. We'll also have Stuart Shapiro. He is the producer of the 88 cult classic Mondo, New York. It's out on Blu-ray. Chris Woolsey from Crackle will drop by. Director Nicole Noonum for her documentary, The Disappearance of Cher Height. And uh, Jan Wall will join us. Friday comes early here on a Taco Tuesday. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline.
17: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The White House reports progress and efforts to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said that while some progress has been made, additional work is required to seal a deal. Uh, We believe we're closer than we've ever been, so we're hopeful. Uh, But uh, but there's still work to be done, um, uh, and nothing is done until it's
18: all done, so uh, we're going to keep working on this.
17: That possible deal coincides with news reports indicating that negotiators are close to finalizing an agreement to release some of the hostages taken during the October 7th attack on Israel, where over 200 people were held captive by the militant group last month. Today marks President Biden's 81st birthday, making him the oldest sitting president in U.S. history. If he were to secure re-election, Biden would reach the age of 86 by the conclusion of his second term in office. Despite his age, Biden maintains that he is capable of handling the responsibilities of the job a new poll, not good news for President Biden.
19: In the latest poll, former President Trump holds a narrow lead over President Biden in the White House race. According to the Harvard Caps-Harris poll, Trump is gathering 48% support, while Biden has 41%. Recent surveys indicate Trump's outperformance of Biden in several pivotal battleground states. I'm John Schaefer.
17: More free COVID-19 tests available from the federal government. Dave Collins has the details.
19: COVIDTest.gov is offering those who already ordered their four free tests from the website earlier this fall. An additional four tests are available now. Those who haven't ordered any tests since the website relaunched in September can order eight tests now.
17: This is USA News. Actor Wayne Brady recuperating following a car accident that escalated into a physical altercation in California. That incident occurring in Malibu on Sunday night when Brady's car was struck by another vehicle. Both the drivers got out and engaged in an argument that turned physical. The other driver fled the scene after the altercation. Wayne Brady called the police leading to the arrest of the other driver on charges of battery DUI and hit and run. As America moves about the country, this holiday weekend, flying might be a better experience this year than previous years. Lance Pry explains.
13: The Thanksgiving holiday rush is underway at airports across the nation, with 30 million travelers expected to fly by the week's end. You can always check the wait times for your airport online, but the rule of thumb this holiday season is to arrive at the airport at least two hours ahead of your flight. The TSA is better prepared this Thanksgiving than years prior, with a nearly 2% increase in staff nationwide.
17: AAA does anticipate that over 55 million people will head out on Thanksgiving travel. The majority of those Americans, though, projected to reach their destinations by car. Three people are hurt after a light pole came crashing down at Disneyland. Powerful winds hitting Anaheim. One person transported to a hospital for serious injuries. The other two were treated on the scene. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
0: and we'll change it, cancel it, and fix it for you. We know the insider secrets to fixing reservations that the airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome to our number two of titillating sports with Rick Tittle. The uh, Eagles came back tough in the second half last night. The first five possessions for Kansas City: four punts and a fumble, and then Jalen Hurts got things going. So the Eagles are now nine and one. They've been nine and one seven times in their history. And the previous six, they went on to play for the title. That's right. They have never not got to the championship game after starting 9-1. 1949, they shut out the Rams 14-0 to to win the title. They beat the Packers in 1960 to win the title. And that was their last one for a long time. In 1980... They were nine and one, and on January twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one, they played in Super Bowl fifteen, which I was at, and the Raiders won twenty seven to ten. That's right. Uh, two thousand and four, that was that McNabb to with the broken leg game, and they still only lost by a field goal. One of those Vinitary mini games that the Patriots won the Super Bowl two thousand and four, of course, uh, beating the Patriots. In a very exciting game with Nick Foles at the helm. Hard to believe that was six years ago now. And then last season, they got to the Super Bowl and they lost by a field goal to the Chiefs. If you're a Chiefs fan, though, there is one stat, I and mean, you think about how good Mahomes is. The Chiefs lead the NFL and drop passes, which is usually a Raider stat, honestly. 26 dropped passes for Mahomes. Think how good, (laughs) think about his stats if they just got like half of those. It's pretty amazing uh, when you think about it. All right. Jan Wall is going to come in and join us this hour. We're going to talk a little more entertainment stuff. It's uh, Friday, hour one, come uh, early. So uh, if you want to get in, it's 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
0: That's 800-278-1738.
7: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to RipGripPro.com. That's RipGripPro.com.
2: Check out Channel 9. Check
3: out Rick Tittle. All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's Friday, hour one, come early on Tuesday, hour two, as we bring in our good friend, film critic and Hollywood insider Jan Wall for this hour. How are you, Jan?
22: How fun to be here, Rick. Great.
3: Great to have you. And let's get to our first guest. That is filmmaker Stuart S. Shapiro, he is here to talk about the 88 cult classic Mondo New York because Night Flight and MVD Rewind Collection are thrilled to announce the re-release Collector's Edition on Blu-ray DVD. This is coming out December 12th. Yes, that's 12-12. But if you are in New York and you can get to the Roxy Cinema on December 5th, um, Stuart will be there for the screening and Q&A at nine thirty, Stuart, welcome to the show. I like the uh, subtitle of Mondo New York: somewhere between uptown and downtown, heaven and hell, dusk and dawn, lies Mondo New York. What was the uh, <laughs> what was the genesis behind this project in the beginning?
23: Uh, well, you know, I had done uh, produced and created Night Flight for uh, uh, six, almost seven years, and then I had left and. Um, I was actually uh, in Brazil on the beach of Rio, and somebody came up to me and said, "Is it true that they have alligators in uh, in New York City, uh, <laughs> uh, in the subways and in the in sewer?" Sure. And, and, uh-huh. and I went, "Oh my God! I think I got a movie that I'm going to go make." And it was <laughs> bingo! I'm going to uh-huh. go back to New York and do do Bond New York. But you know, the the fact is, uh, after having produced Night Flight, and, and Night Flight was really a beacon of counterculture and alternative music, the, the, the scene in the Lower East Side, the performance art scene, was just bursting with extraordinary talent. And it was very over-the-top and really uncensored. And I really wanted to try to push the limits. So the thematic structure of of, Night, of, of Mondo, New York, was really based on what is art and how far can you push the limits of what you may conceive art as. And at that time, the performance art world was pretty raucous, and um, I felt it was important to kind of capture it. And now, 30 years later, it's a time capsule, you know, just a beautiful rendition of of a time and place in New York that not only doesn't exist anymore, but Unfortunately, half of the performers don't exist either anymore, but that's, you know, what right. happens in time and space.
22: Can you give us a yeah. couple examples of of these artists? Like, who were the ones that particularly spoke to you?
23: Well, um, Karen Finley um, was... Uh, uh, one, one of the things that I've always kind of experimented with and had uh, all the way back to Lenny Bruce is how words uh, in poetry and words in music can have a very uh, rough and brash and sometimes violent um, expression, and yet they're only words. I mean, literally, Lenny Bruce went to jail many times, just for the F word. Um, And, you know, it's kind of hard to imagine. So Karen Finley, great poet, great performance artist, um, Joey Arias was, uh, you know, pretty much of a more of a conservative singer in um, in drag, so to speak. But then, you know, you have um, uh, Joe Coleman, who uh, actually had a performance where he would blow himself up and and uh, <laughs> bite the heads off of mice as part of his cathartic expression. Wow! And uh, that that's, that was pretty over the top.
22: Ricky, wasn't it that one of your bits?
3: That was uh, what I did for my high school talent show, yeah. I see. Yeah. The, there's a character yeah. in here, and uh, I don't think it's his Christian name, but the guy's name is John Sex. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> should, should I ask what his performance was?
23: Good luck with that well, he, <laughs> uh, um Hustle with my muscle, I think was the name of his song. Uh-huh. song. Hustle uh-huh. with my muscle. <laughs> uh and, uh, he had a Boy, big, my imagination's uh, running wild. With I think she's talking about yeah, Russell,
3: yeah. the sex muscle. Yeah. yeah.
23: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: um, so, uh, <laughs> Joey, <would> <laughs> Joey Arias, uh, Rick Avila is, you know, performing Washington square park. Um, when you think about it now, is it kind of an homage to the city like Woody Allen's Manhattan or, you know, like the French connection, that type of thing?
23: Um yeah of course uh it, it definitely is an homage to the city and it's an homage to the underground of the city and the particularly the underground of the performance uh world and you know I went all the way up to up into uptown to to uh, shoot uh um um ceremonies and voodoo ceremonies and uh and uh, chicken fights and uh you know so that was all all part of the city it wasn't just necessarily just performance but it was really a performance film and clearly an homage to the the 80s uh which really started to become more i mean it's gone now it's it's really a time capsule if you look at it now and still holds up more than ever
3: so who came to you and said we need this on blu-ray it needs to be seen by another generation of eyeballs here
23: well, you know, the film business is a funny business as an independent filmmaker. So um, I made the movie in 1988, and it had a, a short midnight kind of run release. It was actually released on VHS by the Sundance Channel. And then uh, and, uh, as a producer, I had sold my rights uh and then, after twenty years, I got a, my the rights were expired from the company in the state that bought the rights. And then I had to try to get my negative back out of storage from that traveled around. And that took several years. And so I, uh, the film had never been released on DVD. And today, um, you know, a lot of the classic films and even the Italian films and the horror films that were shot on film are getting transferred. Uh, from negative to 4K digital, so they look spectacular, and you can have that beautiful DVD uh, rendition with high, high, high-end quality. So I went to the negative, did a 4 what they call a 4K transfer, and uh, worked on the soundtrack. And then I did some interviews with uh, Joey and with Shauna and myself and Joe Coleman as uh, bonus sections. And now we're releasing it theatrically. So, um, it is, it is is—it It's, it's going to be at the Roxy for five days in a row, starting on the fifth. So it's not just that one day, if anybody's in New York and it's going to probably play around the country as well. And I'm pretty proud of it actually, because, um, it's, um, it's nice when you have great talent and they're really youthful. Um, and, you know, you look at it back in time when everybody's young and, and fresh. And, you know, that's one of the beautiful uh-huh. things about, you know, looking at old movies when everybody's really young and still spectacular looking.
3: Well, we want to make sure everybody goes to see it. It's uh, going to be available on December 12th. And as I mentioned, at the Roxy in New York, December 5th, our guest, the producer, Stuart S. Shapiro, will be there for a Q and a after the screening at uh, 9 um 9 30 on the fifth, as I mentioned. Mondo, New York, and uh, it's available on Blu-ray from Night Flight and MVD Rewind Collection. Stuart, congratulations on this renaissance of your film. Thank you. Thank
23: Steve. you very Thank much. You Thank you. Keeping
22: Thank you. it
3: alive. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Uh we'll take a break. Jan Wall and I will be back and we'll talk about what's going on over at Crackle. Come on back. Who's watching? Tell me who's
5: watching? i
0: That's 800-211-6008.
10: Rick Tittle once threw a
20: tennis ball at a donkey.
3: All right. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you here. Nationally syndicated of San Francisco, coast to coast on Sports Byline USA. And it's our favorite. We're bringing him back from Hampton Court. It's the Cardinal himself, Chris Woolsey from Crackle, talking about all the Thanksgiving movies we got coming up over there. Chris, welcome back to the show. First of all, remind people who don't know, um, what is Crackle?
7: Crackle is a free entertainment streaming service. You can watch films and TV shows, uh, a ton of classic TV, but we've got crazy amounts of Hollywood blockbusters, all your favorite stars, always free. You just have to watch a couple of commercials rather than paying a monthly subscription. You can download Crackle from your favorite app store for your connected TV, your laptop, your mobile device, open it up, and start watching for free immediately.
22: I am so excited. This is Jan Walters, and I'm so excited about a few of your offerings, the newest ones. There's one, I'm a musical fanatic, and Kelsey Grammer stars in this one with a number of my other favorite people. I had seen him in uh, La Casa Foil. He's so great. And this is a Christmas uh, musical, right?
7: Yes. So uh, this
22: is one of those, Jan, that
7: I, I, I watched, and I said, how did I miss this? It's so good! It won an Emmy award for best musical direction wow. for crying out loud. And you're right, Kelty Glamour is an incredible musical talent. Also People has don't Jane know Kurt- that I about one of my yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. He's he's unbelievably great in this. So it's based on the Dickens, the famous Christmas Carol, Dickens story, and it takes place uh, a period piece in uh, Victorian England. And it's wonderful. Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock, Jason Alexander from oh, Seinfeld, uh, even Jennifer Love Hewitt was in this. It, it's an oh. awesome, awesome musical and perfect for the holidays.
3: Do you remember the Saltos a movie trivia, both of you, Jane Krakowski's line in the original Vacation movie?
7: What was it? No, was she in
3: that? She was the little girl. She was Randy Quaid's daughter. And Rusty said, she goes, I French kiss. And Rusty goes, everybody does that. And she said, Daddy says I'm the best.
7: Ah. Yes, one of the most disturbing lines of any 80s film ever.
3: (laughs) All right, I mentioned Thanksgiving. This is also for the Christmas holiday as well. And I think a lot of people don't know about Elliot, the littlest reindeer, but you talk about star power, Martin Short, John Cleese. I mean, come on.
7: Uh, oh, yeah. And I mean, I love the rank and back classics as much as anybody, Rudolph and, and all of those. But like, we need some fresh blood. And Elliot is phenomenal. You, you talk about star power. My gosh. I mean, Josh Hutcherson, Marina Bacara from Homeland, um, John Cleese. Um, it is just star-studded. So cute you know about what, a mini- miniature guys, horse.
22: Don't, yeah. Yeah. Don't you guys agree? Anytime Martin Short appears, it just uplifts the comedic value.
3: Of course. He's an inter- ultimate entertainer.
7: Oh my gosh. Really? The guy's magic. Magic. Comedy so gold. What's
22: the name of this one?
7: Elliot, the Littlest Reindeer. About a miniature mm-hmm. horse that wants to be part of Santa's uh, reindeer crew. And it's mm-hmm. great.
3: Why do you think some of these movies just, they, everything that's got everything it needs, but they just kind of slip under the radar sometimes? Do they release the same weekend as a bigger hit? Do they not get the distribution or promotion they're supposed to have?
7: I think that's it. I think a lot of times it's just this kismet that there's something else in the market at the time. I mean, it's the reason everybody pushed mm-hmm. uh, all of their film releases out uh, a month ago when Taylor Swift's movie came out. Because they're like, we've got some good product. We don't want it to get lost. And I think if you don't hit that initial wave, it's really hard to get something out and popularized uh, in proper fashion.
22: Well, what's the hottest uh, programming right now on Crackle in terms of the public? Can you, Do you keep track of that?
7: We do. We do. And um, we always do really, really well with classic TV. So, um, you know, we've got the like Carol what? Burnett show. We ah. have uh, Archie Bunker's Place. You know, we've got all mm-hmm. of these great classic TV shows. So if you like Beverly Hillbillies, you know, we have tons oh, yeah. and tons of holiday uh, programming. But if you if you if you're, you know, if you're really looking for your classic TV, Crackle is the place to go. We have dozens and dozens of some of the greatest shows uh, in TV history on Crackle.
22: Do you have a favorite, Chris?
7: I do. I am a gigantic Carol Burnett fan. I've I've got to tell you. I mean, uh, Tim Conway is one of the most inspirational, incredible comedic talents. Uh, Harvey Mm -hmm. Korman, obviously. Harvey Um, Korman. I mean, they're just... Uh-huh. It, the list just goes on and on, and Carol Burnett was is I, I, I can't even say was because she was just on Better Call Saul last season and burned that episode <laughs> to the ground. I mean, she is still a, a talent to be reckoned with, and mm-hmm. uh, it's an honor to be able to promote such a historic show as hers.
3: You know, you uh-huh. mentioned Archie Bunker, and it, and it kills me as a guy in my fifties to know that Archie Bunker was in his forties in that show.
7: Right. Yeah, and not even, his, he was mid-40s, he wasn't even late 40s, like, oh my gosh, I gotta get back to the gym. Yeah.
22: <laughs> I was lucky enough to have interviewed him, and wow, what a guy. He came to San Francisco in this real pro-union, you know, lefty play, you know, and, and he was yep. so funny and interesting, and the exact opposite of Archie Bunker, the exact opposite. So these I've heard, I've heard really that about him, for you. sure. Yeah, they can really surprise you. Um, Back to the Carol Burnett and those kind of shows. You know, I grew up with one of the first shows I remember is the Dolby Gillis show. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with Maynard G. Krebs, uh, Bob Denver. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are these shows that were so brilliant. There was a kid's show called Rocky and Bullwinkle that was so hip. Uh,
3: Nothing nothing (laughs) up my
7: sleeve. That's it. Exactly. The Wayback (laughs) Machine. They got it. They got it all. Yeah, I mean.
22: You know, Boris and Natasha—that was just so hip. Fractured uh, fairy tales, all of that. Uh, it's just yep. amazing how much the classic TV shows gave us. And you mentioned the Beverly Hillbillies—that is a great show. It still plays. I mean, if did you, I mean, you know if you that it,
7: that show went to number one faster than any show in TV history up to today?
9: Wow! Really? Isn't
7: that crazy. Oh. Yep. Yep, but we have a we have a ton. I mean, uh, and some of them that you like. Oh, I totally forgot that. Like uh, CPO Sharky, love it, and uh-huh. uh, yeah. I mean, there's just, just with Don Rickles. I mean, there's just yeah. so mm-hmm. many. We have, and then some kind of more modern classics. Alf. We have you know the whole Alf series on there. Uh, Everybody hates Chris. Deal. Like yeah.
22: tons
3: and tons <laughs> of classic TV. Yeah, Alf ate cats. That's sad.
7: Isn't that weird? Never explained. I guess, Never explained.
22: Yeah, I think that so many of these shows were so good, but um, and then they're forgotten. There's one that took place in Alaska, uh, northern northern. Oh, exposure. I love northern exposure. Yeah, northern exposure. It's great exposure. show. That's
7: I went Alaska. to that town where they it shot didn't... that. It was very cool. Wow. Oh. Yep. But we have like the Saint, uh, Dennis the Menace. Oh. Uh, oh. Rowan and Martin's laughing even oh, weird now, shows that like that Dark is. Shadows like Ooh,
3: Barnabas yeah. Collins and we yeah, have right.
7: all of Dobie Gillis uh, just to let you know Jan so you can go binge all through Dobie Gillis Yep.
22: oh my god I would love that oh I am so there Tuesday Wells oh she was so good in that and Warren Beatty was in it as a yes. oh, rich boy and oh god that was a good show and Maynard G Krebs was this character who was a beatnik, played the beatnik. by Bob. way before Gillis, and it was incredible, incredible, He's
7: brilliant, brilliant. And
22: you know, yep. Laughing is a real time. You know, you should hold on to Laughing as something that told us what the times were like. I mean, if anybody out there smokes weed, not that you should, not that I'm encouraging, but <laughs> if you did and you watch Laughing. It's a really great experience, I have heard.
3: Yes, and then if you don't smoke weed, you still see Nixon saying sock it to me.
22: <laughs> right?
7: How bizarre is that? I watched that clip the other day. So crazy. But the number of celebrities that were on there, it's insane. Uh-huh. I mean, it's where Gold, Goldie Hawn got her start. Um, exactly.
22: But, yeah. but everybody shows up, everybody. It's that, But the cutting of it, the, the whole George Slaughter uh, brilliance of the, of the hitting that psychedelic age. It's yep. Brilliant.
7: Yes. It's Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, Dr. Joyce was on there. Share everybody. I mean, everybody okay. made a cameo on that show.
3: Before we let you go, remind everybody, where do we go? What do we do with Crackle?
7: Crackle, you can get it from your favorite app store. You download the app on pretty much any device that you're watching your entertainment on. Uh, connected TV, uh, Lap. Uh, you can go to crackle.com. Uh, and watch on there as well, and cast to any device. But it's always free. You just open it up and start playing. You don't need to create an account. You don't need to subscribe. There's no money. It's free, and binge all you want.
3: There he is, Chris Woolsey. Always appreciate you having on. Happy holidays.
7: Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you both, and thank you so much, as always, for having me on, and let me talk about Crackle.
3: No doubt. Thanks, Uh Chris. Appreciate it. And, uh, Don't you love it? The
22: way we just took the way back machine.
3: I know we're showing our age. Everyone's like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Socket no, me. No, they're not. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many
22: people
25: into it. That's you know? that's when it was. It's
3: Hogan. something about Hogan's laughing and Hogan's Heroes. It was it was funny to wear a Nazi helmet. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm not Rick Tittle so with no. Jan Wall. We will come on back with uh, more on the other side on Sports Byline.
0: that's 800-433-0539, paid for by Fix My Student Loans.
6: Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control.
0: 800-943-2153, 800-943-2153, 800-943-2153, that's 800-943-2153.
3: I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
10: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating. All
3: right. Thank you for that, I guess. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and our film critic extraordinaire, Jan Wall, is with us. And we welcome filmmaker Nicole Noonan. She has directed a documentary which is going to be coming to Bay Area Theaters on December 1st. It's called The Disappearance of Cher Height. Um for those, uh, first of all, welcome, Nicole. And for those who don't know, um, what Cher Height did uh, after studying Masters and Johnson and, and Kinsey, she had some very uh, uh, profound theoretical and um, psychological, even, views about feminism and, and female sex. And, and, and tell us a little bit more about her, please.
18: Yeah, Cher Haidt was a, a really extraordinary person who um who came from St. Joseph's, Missouri and and then studied in Florida and arrived in New York at Columbia to be in a graduate program about the history of enlightenment um and and found her way into the women's movement um really through her reaction to her modeling career, um, and decided to tackle the subject of whether or not women could actually orgasm through Intercourse um, or not, uh, by distributing questionnaires like these questionnaires, hundreds of questions, or sorry, a hundred questions about about female sexuality to people all over the country, thousands of them, um, and just got back this incredible variety of response, which she published in a book that. Um, kind of proved for the first time and landed like a bombshell in the American consciousness that women, most women did not orgasm um, through intercourse, um, but rather through clitoral stimulation. And this was discussed on talk shows and was like a a, a huge thing in the culture. And women, for the first time, were reading about other women's experiences. Um, And the film explores how she did that, how she made that happen, but also the cultural
22: backlash that hit when the book came out. This was so big. This is Jan Wall, and I remember all this. Wow, this was like the biggest thing to hit. You can imagine the height report um it, 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 of course of all, well, it upset people it it upset men because it made them feel like they weren't important in the process. Two, it completely helped the vibrator industry um and it was so controversial and so radical. Um, can you talk about why the reactions of her modeling career put her in this direction? Yeah,
18: I mean, Cher Height was really, um, you know, she was a, a victim of the double standard that hits most women, right? If you can't be beautiful and sexy and smart, you have to pick one, you know, and she refused to do that. <laughs> she was uncompromising. She was extraordinarily beautiful, and she looked like a sex object, but here she was you know, telling men things that they didn't want to hear. and They um, did not um, want response, to hear it. No. <laughs> no.
22: No, I and, remember you know, her, how angry her goal, the men were, really angry.
18: Yeah, very angry, and they immediately went to this place of this means men aren't necessary, which wasn't at all what she was saying. She was just saying, mm-hmm. like, let's understand how this really happens for women so that we can create – a better kind of sexual relationship between men and women which should be good for everybody you know but um but there but there was a real unwillingness to hear that not on the part of all men but certainly on the part of many men who are attacking her many on, on television.
22: many powerful men but so then she disappeared i mean could you go on with the story please
18: Yeah. So basically, um, she then wrote a book about male sexuality, and that book revealed that many men felt isolated, unhappy. It was really more about their emotional responses in some ways than about their sexual responses. And that um, also, I think, was kind of like the the final straw. You know, here she was telling men things about themselves they didn't want to hear um and then when she wrote a book about women and love which um revealed that uh, many many more women than people thought were unfaithful to their husbands in the first 2 year of ma- two, two years of marriage that that really did it and um I think there was a sense that she kind of had to be canceled, and we kind of are dealing with the rise of the Christian right and the rise of gotcha television, and, um, and she was turned into um, you know, a, sort of a, a play thing by these talk shows where they would um, ambush her on air, and uh, it, it became unbearable to her. She couldn't publish her works anymore, um, and she left the country and actually ended up renouncing her
12: citizenship.
3: I was going to ask about that, renouncing her citizenship to become a... And I know she married a German pianist who was like 20 years younger than her. Um, she ended up passing away in a place I've been to many times, Tottenham, in, in, in North London. Was it the kind of thing where she thought, like America is just too puritanical and, and too, you know, uh, Amish for me to get my point across? I need to be over here with enlightened Europeans. What was the reason for saying, I don't want to be American anymore?
18: Yeah, I think that was that was it. She felt that the culture had taken a turn, you know, there was a real backlash against the gains that had been made by the women's movement and um and there was a a, a cultural direction which was kind of suppressing all of that and pushing women back into a more objectified kind of, you know, a role that was defined, um, by the patriarchy. And she didn't, she didn't want to live in a, in a world like that. And she, frankly, she couldn't either. She couldn't survive because her job was writing and she wasn't being published, um, in the U S. And so in Europe, she, her ideas were more accepted and she was able to, um, you know, to, to develop a kind of a great artistic practice and, um, and enjoy herself, you know, which was great because she had been sort of suffering the slings and arrows of, you know, being the messenger of what thousands of women whom she surveyed wanted to say. Um, and she gave them the cloak of anonymity to say it, but she was the person who had to go out there and deliver it. And, and I think she just couldn't handle the attacks anymore.
22: How old was she when she
18: died? She was 77.
22: Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah, she oh, never sorry, stopped working. Because- Mm Mm-hmm. It's just she wasn't recognized, you know, and she was made fun of. And, uh, you know, she was recognized by the movement, but pretty soon that got wiped out. It was just so sad, just so sad to me. I don't know. Do you find it sad? I find it incredibly
18: sad, but I think, you know, it doesn't just happen to Cher Haidt. It happens to uh, iconoclastic women who (laughs) who speak out um, often, in our culture. And Mm so I I really wanted to kind of explore that phenomenon and let people take a look at that. But I also wanted to show, you know, how her work grew out of all the organizing and kind of coming together of women and and men, actually, you know, in the 70s, who really did believe for a while that we could make a more equitable world where, you know, um, sex could be better for everybody. Um, uh-huh. There's so much energy and fun and joy in that, in in seeing how she actually did that work, and seeing the overwhelmingly positive response of of women to to suddenly being able to you know talk and explore these things that had been oppressed for so long. So I wanted to bring that back too, and I do find that hopeful. Actually, I mean, she made a massive cultural change. People, most women, many women, did not even know what the clitoris was when the height report came out. Um, mm-hmm. and so many people are so much better off because of share Height. Um, it really is an extraordinary story of one person, you know, and a movement really changing the world. And so I find that hopeful, but I do find the kind of constant backlash against that kind of um, progress. Mm-hmm. Sad. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I remember when I was a kid in the 70s, and men would say, it's the mystery, I have to find that thing, and I'm like, what are they talking about? Um <laughs> The other thing is you mentioned she was a model. Was she was she proud of her modeling days or did she look back in disdain like oh I was being used as uh, you know just for my looks?
18: I think she was proud of it. I I, I think she was, um, you know, she was not happy about how people were trying to use the fact that she had worked as a nude model against her to discredit her work, since obviously the two things don't really have anything to do with each other. But she was never um, ashamed of having done that work, you know. Um, and I think she was extraordinarily kind of um, modern in the way that she owned her own sexuality and kind of her own image, you know, um, in a way that I think... You know, women back in the day, it kind of made them distrust her. Um, you know, why, why is she expecting uh-huh. to be taken seriously, but she's, you know, she's dressing like that and acting like that. Um, but young oh, yeah. women who see the film now just take her as an icon. You know, they love Absolutely. it all. They, love the, they Absolutely. love the fashion, the look, you know, <laughs> all of it.
3: I can imagine getting at Sundance, too. I mean, what a what a triumph just to even get there.
18: Oh, it was so exciting! And like young women were in the theater buying the height report. You know, um, good, the good, going on on their good.
22: Because <laughs> you yeah, know, um, it's very relevant. We're living at a time when there's a whole lot of people that want to suppress that kind of information, and it's terrible. I mean, how sad that young girls probably don't know themselves about this in a lot of places. I mean, look. I'm from a sophisticated urban environment. And we knew all about this. I mean, you know, because of her and other people like her. But uh, there are places that people do not know. So it's a very relevant film,
13: and they will never
22: know. I it, think so too. Yeah. You know, the extreme right—it doesn't want this kind of information even talked about, or certainly not printed. So uh, it's very good that uh, it's out there. Very good. I'm very proud of you for doing this work.
18: Thank you so much. Yeah, we were shocked. It was a group of intergenerational women working on the project and and we were just shocked over and over again by how relevant so much of it was. You know, you look at Anita Bryant and her efforts to suppress gay right. rights in Florida and the same exact rhetoric, you know, being used now. Or you look at the you know, the rhetoric around like the height report and why it should be banned and it's the same thing happening now. Um, you look at the struggle for roe v wade and you know and and what's happening now it's it's that yeah that sense of you know um, our basic we rights have, as people being turned yeah. into a culture war you
12: know
3: mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. question last question for you as a Stanford grad who lives in Berkeley, who did you root for in the big game <laughs>
12: Well, my
18: my father was a sports writer at Cal. Actually, I mean, and uh, and uh, graduated from Berkeley. So, I, even though I went to grad school at Stanford, I have no choice in the matter. And Good I'm answer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Nicole Noonan, and the film is called "The Disappearance of Cher Height." Coming to Bay Area theaters on December first. Congratulations on the film, and thanks for coming oh, by.
22: Nicole, thank you, thank you, Nicole, for doing this. Thank you for speaking with me about it. It's wonderful to talk to you both.
3: Okay, good stuff. And uh, we'll take a break, Jan, We have some recommendations on the other side.
22: We should sure do holiday recommendations.
3: Woohoo! Come on back on byline.
0: That's 800-392-7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit choicehomewarranty.com for more details.
10: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: Oh, a couple minutes left with Jan. Well, Jan, what should we be watching this time of year?
22: Well, you know, this time of year is when you get with your relatives. But let's say you don't want to be with your relatives. You can't be with your relatives. Uh, You'd rather do anything than talk to your relatives. (laughs) Well, the best thing to do would be to go to a wonderful film on the big screen and just get that escape. And you can, you know, eat later and talk later or do whatever you need to do later or watch a game later. But I'm telling you, right now, there's some good stuff out there. And one of them, you and I totally disagree on, Ricky, but I'm telling you, people should see uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It is so great, the Scorsese film. It'll take you away. It'll show you a true story. It's just really well done. And Robert De Niro, Leonardo DiCaprio, it's just is great. It'll be up for lots of Oscars.
3: By the way, the Scorsese, there. the rumor is, of course, I'm, I'm reading this book called The Wager. It's a great story of a shipwreck and, and, and apparently that's what Scorsese um, and DiCaprio are working on next. It's by the same really? guy. Yeah. It's the same author of The uh, Flower of Moon. So
22: no kidding. Is it a period? What period does it take place? 1700s,
3: in? like the bounty. Love yeah. Love oh, that. Man. Love it.
22: Oh, God, like Master and Commander kind
3: of? Yes. I am so there. That
22: is one of my favorite kinds (laughs) of
3: movies. Me too. I will throw a recommendation that I think you will, uh, we both can agree on. Not only the greatest Thanksgiving Day movie ever, but maybe in my top ten all time of all movies, and that's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles.
22: Oh, it is so great. You know, don't you fall in love with those characters, especially John Candy. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah,
3: John Candy and Steve Martin showed that they are both actual real actors.
22: Yeah. Oh yeah. Your heart kind of just travels with them. You you know, you root for them. You you want it to be okay, but it is so messed mm-hmm. up.
3: And they wake up oh, and where god. where's why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? It's between two <laughs> pillows. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> alright Jan hey great have a happy Thanksgiving and thanks for coming We're by happy. on a Tuesday
22: happy to everybody
3: alright uh, good stuff alright I feel like I'm wrapping up Friday hour one that's Tuesday hour two and uh, we will have J.D. Sharp we'll talk a little NFL and uh, we'll bring in some uh, health and nutrition people we'll have open lines too at 11 40 so come on back
17: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. The White House reports progress and efforts to secure the release of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said that while some progress has been made, additional work is required to seal a deal. Uh, We believe we're closer than we've ever been. So we're hopeful, Uh, but uh, but there's still work to be done um, uh, and nothing is done until it's
18: all done. So uh, we're going to keep working on this.
17: That possible deal coincides with news reports indicating that negotiators are close to finalizing an agreement to release some of the hostages taken during the October 7th attack on Israel, where over 200 people were held captive by the militant group last month. Today marks President Biden's 81st birthday, making him the oldest sitting president in U.S. history. If he were to secure re-election, Biden would reach the age of 86 by the conclusion of his second term in office. Despite his age, Biden maintains that he is capable of handling the responsibilities of the job a new poll, not good news for President Biden.
19: In the latest poll, former President Trump holds a narrow lead over President Biden in the White House race. According to the Harvard Caps-Harris poll, Trump is gathering 48 percent support, while Biden has 41 percent. Recent surveys indicate Trump's outperformance of Biden in several pivotal battleground states. I'm John Schaefer.
17: More free COVID-19 tests available from the federal government. Dave Collins has the details.
19: COVIDTest.gov is offering those who already ordered their four free tests from the website earlier this fall. An additional four tests are available now. Those who haven't ordered any tests since the website relaunched in September can order eight tests now.
17: This is USA News. Actor Wayne Brady recuperating following a car accident that escalated into a physical altercation in California. That incident occurring in Malibu on Sunday night when Brady's car was struck by another vehicle. Both the drivers got out and engaged in an argument that turned physical. The other driver fled the scene after the altercation. Wayne Brady called the police leading to the arrest of the other driver on charges of battery DUI and hit and run. As America moves about the country, this holiday weekend, flying might be a better experience this year than previous years. Lance Pry explains.
13: The Thanksgiving holiday rush is underway at airports across the nation, with 30 million travelers expected to fly by the week's end. You can always check the wait times for your airport online, but the rule of thumb this holiday season is to arrive at the airport at least two hours ahead of your flight the tsa is better prepared this thanksgiving than years prior with a nearly two percent increase in staff nationwide
17: AAA does anticipate that over 55 million people will head out on Thanksgiving travel. The majority of those Americans, though, projected to reach their destinations by car. Three people are hurt after a light pole came crashing down at Disneyland. Powerful winds hitting Anaheim. One person transported to a hospital for serious injuries. The other two were treated on the scene. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
0: 30-day money-back guarantee 800-867-6917 800-867-6917 800-867-6917 that's 800-867-6917
4: rick tittle knows his sports
1: i hate that guy i love that guy oh my gosh he's so fine rick tittle brings home the bacon fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch!
3: Hey, thanks for that. Hour three underway. How you doing? Um, Planning to head to uh, Army-Navy here in a couple weeks in Boston, and today the Uh, Two service academies have revealed what ceremonial uniforms they will wear. Navy has these really cool uh, dark navy blue uniforms as a salute to uh, the Submariners. Not Submariner, that's a comic book character. The, The Army team has a very cool desert tan inspired by the 3rd Infantry Division. And it says on the back of their helmet, Rock of the Marne. And that came from the motto, New Restaurant Law, which means we shall remain here. The third battle of the Marne. The first one was in World War One when the Germans were coming down from the Schlesienpan. And they called it the taxis of the Marne. They literally had men would grab their guns and taxis drove them to the Marne. And they stopped the Germans there. They tried three times. And by the time the last offensive, really, the Germans had in World War One was they tried one last time to take Paris, which they never did. And uh, mostly because that 3rd Infantry Division stood there and wouldn't let them in. And they're called the Rock of the Marne. Uh, Of course, great history in World War II as well. I believe Audie Murphy was on the 3rd ID. Um, But, (laughs) and then of course World War II, when Hitler's like, let's invade France. And all his generals are like, no, 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 it'll be four years of a stalemate. 48 hours <laughs> surrendered he had 3 million prisoners 48 hours and he's like I thought you guys said this would take me 4 years and nothing would ever happen and like okay this time we were wrong just walk around the Maginot line uh, let's talk more history or not on the other side they might do something very very weird coming up in the next break and uh, I hope you guys are all ready for it because it's going to be quite terribly jarring I'm going to talk sports. Ha ha, Rick, you're such a smart ass. There's this one guy on my page, like at least once a week. Why don't you talk sports? And I'm like, why are you still listening to me? Is it just because you complain? You can get sports anywhere you want. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports SportsBuyland. A psoriasis flare-up can make a walk in the park, well... No walk in the park.
17: It's that obvious, huh? I've tried so many lotions and creams, but I still have symptoms.
5: So those don't do enough to treat the inflammation beneath the skin, leaving you with those uncontrolled symptoms.
17: Makes sense, but what else can I do?
5: You can get real with your dermatologist so they can help you get clear. Make an appointment and, oh, you're already on it.
17: Hi. Yes, I'd like to
10: make an appointment.
5: Get real clear about psoriasis at letsgetrealclear.com. Sponsored by AbbVie.
0: 800 760 1845. That's 800 760 1845.
7: This is JD Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at betus.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to worldwidesharp at gmail.com and I'll reply personally with my plays. My NFL record this season was an industry best, 72 and 33, and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment I make them. Let's keep making money together.
2: Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a, he's so handsome. He's a genius.
10: Coming up next, Rick Tittle.
3: Hey, thank you for that and welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show J.D. Sharp. He is from Pro Wagering and ProWagering.com. They do the breakdowns and tell you what to uh, put your bet on in the world of sports. Uh, J.D., the Chiefs lead the league in dropped passes now with 26, and you wonder how much better they would be if they didn't have that. Is that too simplistic just to look at that at, uh, Valdez-Scantling drop late? Uh, what Are there any other problems you're seeing out of Kansas City?
26: Honestly, the Chiefs are a they're a strange team. I, mean, I, I called I called the Eagles, so I, I got that right. I'm almost five five hundred now in the NFL, thankfully.
23: Yeah, they were, you
26: got Watson, now the Scantling, obviously, uh, Kelsey. They didn't drop a ball, but well, he dropped one ball. But he also had a pretty big fumble on another play. Mahomes um, looks good though. Mahomes is that that dude that pass that he threw to Scantling. That was like sixty yards on a rope. It was it was an amazing pass, and had Gambling caught that ball, that that was one of the like the, one of the best passes I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, I, I don't see a ton of issues besides that. Their D line's great. Their linebackers are really solid. They have depth. Or Trent McDuffie is is coming to get you know coming as a coming together as probably an all pro cornerback with Jerry Sneed. He gets penalized a lot, but he's a good matchup for a guy like a Devonte Adams. Mahomes um, can still generate offense. Pacheco. When they decide to run, can be pretty dangerous out of the backfield. Uh, Are they going to make the Super Bowl? I I would say probably not. I just, when you have, when you, when you know, when you got Rashi Rice and Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez Scanlon, and that's all you have offensively, you don't have a couple more guys, it's going to be tough. And and Kelsey's obviously getting old, trying to utilize Sky Moore, trying to utilize Noah Gray, who did catch a touchdown, or no, I'm sorry, Justin Watson caught that touchdown, but. You know, defense travels, and this defense, they sack the quarterback. They apply a lot of pressure. They're not great against the run. I mean, Spegnolo is obviously an amazing defensive coordinator. I think they're going to give Aiden O'Connell a lot of problems this weekend. Uh, it's going to be pretty tough for me not to take the Chiefs minus nine in this spot. I think they could win that game by you know, 20, 20 plus. But um, yeah, I, I just, they either need Rashi Rice to step up as their number one. And to be solidified in that role, uh, or they're going to have the, they're going to have some tough games. I mean, the Bills match up really well against them. I think the Ravens obviously match up well against them. Probably not the Bengals now that that, that Burrow isn't there. And I would argue that the Jags match up well against them as well. So, um, you know, in previous years they had a, a clear advantage over the entire AFC. I'm not sure that's the case anymore.
3: Couple of moves in the AFC East. The Jets after Robert Sala, and he's carrying the company line. I get it. He said he had full faith in Zach Wilson. Well, he's getting benched for a backup and Tim Boyle, and maybe they think with that defense there's a chance to save the season, but it looks like they're going to be looking for a quarterback in the draft. I want to ask you about New England, though. As Bill Belichick said with – Bradley Zappi and Mac Jones, he's like, I haven't even decided yet. He goes, Everybody just be ready. I mean, are these two teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks now?
26: I don't know. I mean, how crazy would that be if Belichick drafts Caleb Williams at number three or or something? Just absolutely crazy. Who who knows what's going to happen? As far as the Jets go, I think Wilson has a ton of talent. I just, I don't know. For whatever reason, he, he doesn't have the wide receivers, he doesn't have the supporting cast, he doesn't have the line. I don't know what it is. I don't think he's dumb. Uh, I think I think he's really, really good at getting out of the pocket. I think he's got a huge cannon of an arm. But uh, I, for, for whatever reason, the Jets just is not where he's going to be successful. New York, he's just not going to be successful in New York. I think he might be able to make it in a different team, though. So I think I could see him actually still having a pretty decent NFL career, believe it or not. And he's only, like, what, 23, 24? He's not that old. Um, and this, In the case of Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones was 15 of 20 against the Colts in that game. Yeah, he threw that really bad pick, but I mean, you, can't really, you can't really scoff at a 75% completion percentage. Yeah, they haven't scored points all year because their receivers are hurt. Kendrick Bourne's on the IR. He's their best receiver. Uh, Gusecki and Henry have not played well at all. Ramondre Stevenson's their top running back. They've had injuries defensively. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not sure that the door should be closed on, on Mac Jones either, but I would guess that he would get the nod over Zappi because the moment that Zappi walked in that game, the first pass he threw was a horrible pass. Worse than Jones is probably. That was just picked <laughs> off instantly and the game ended. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't in that spot. If I think, and we'll see what happens with Caleb Williams. You now, Caleb Williams has been nothing but bad against really good teams. He proved that again against UCLA. He wasn't yeah. good in that game. right? And he cried He doesn't protect the ball. He's not very tall. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson's having a really... He he's lucky that Russell Wilson is having a breakout year again. Because if he wasn't, if Wilson wasn't, who's the closest thing to Williams I think I've seen? Then, uh, then he would be. He would probably drop out of the first round. But I think he'll still get drafted in the top five, most likely maybe top ten. Um, I just I don't know where he's going to go. Will it be New York? Will it be the Patriots? I'm not really sure yet.
3: And plus, if you're USC, then you know, like Darnold and Barkley, you always get a little bit more love when you're really not that great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me ask you about uh, Pittsburgh. Matt Canada, the O.C., has finally been fired. And in a weird two-headed thing, they're going to let the running back coach, Eddie Faulkner, design the offense as the O.C., but Mike Sullivan, the quarterback coach, will call the plays. It's a weird setup. But Matt Canada for months, I mean, they were at Penguins games, and the, the hockey fans were holding up signs saying, fire Matt Canada. This guy has been under siege, and Mike Tomlin finally let him go. Is he a scapegoat, or was he really lacking?
26: You know, with that team, I don't know. They've got Friar Muse out. He was a big he was a big part of that offense last year. Pickens is kind of a head case. Johnson's been hurt all year. Uh, Harris is also kind of a head case. Their offensive line isn't good at all. Pickett, I mean, Pickett, he, he has proven to be clutch. I mean, the records not, what are they six and four? Well, the record's not bad. I think you're six and four, maybe six and five, or no, they're not five and five. So they're not out of the, they're not a contention by any means. They've got a, they've got a defense that travels, which helps. I don't think it was a bad move. I think that they've they've been far too grounded and pounded all year long, and they have some weapons. Pickett's got a decent arm. They can use Warren out of the backfield. They can have Harris in more of a, a goal line type of role. So, yeah, I, I don't hate the move. I think – do I think that, uh, you know, Mac Canada posters being at games was a little over the top? Yeah. But, I mean, this is the NFL. That's what happened. So, you know, he still made, I'm sure, a couple million bucks to do what he did, or maybe a million bucks to do what he did. So, But, yeah, no, I I don't have a problem with it. I think considering just how inept their offense has been considering their weapons, uh, you know, it's it, that's probably the right move. It's not like the Jets where – They're just devoid of talent for whatever reason. Garrett Wilson is overrated, in my opinion. Al Lazard is one of the worst number twos I've seen in the NFL in quite some time. Reese Hall's good, but actually, I think their problem might be more offensive coordinated uh, related on the Jets than than I would say on the Steelers, to be honest with you. But, you know, it's fine. It's uh, fair enough.
3: We got about a minute left. Uh, Last question. Two seven and three teams in the AFC play each other. Cleveland versus Jacksonville. Who would you take?
26: It's uh, it's, it's Cleveland versus the. Sorry, this weekend. Or just uh, no, general? this
3: is this is just uh, theoretical because I want to know
26: uh, who who's the better the who's Jags. the better seven and three Jags. team Jags. I would take the Jags by a lot. Yeah, I mean Lawrence is he's getting a lot of heat, but the guy's got a 69 percent completion percentage. He's got five rushing touchdowns. I mean they got Zay Jones back. They've got a really good D. That D is that D is deflected. 63 passes on the year, Rick. I mean, it's tough to throw against that D. Stroud's about to find that out this weekend. So, uh, yeah, I would take the, I would, I would take the Jags uh, all day and night in that game.
3: JD Sharp, Pro Wagering, ProWagering.com. Always appreciate your time and insights. Thank you. Thanks a lot. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. We'll come on back on Byline.
0: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline. How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? 800-617-5145 That's 800-211-6008.
22: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's (laughs) when you go out and you look for reptiles.
20: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey. Hey,
3: thank you for that. And uh, we're waiting on our guests. And when we get them, we will uh, pick them up and throw them on the air. Nutritionalists? I guess you could say something like that. Um, Sorry to, to see that Willie Hernandez has passed away at the age of 69. The Tigers just announced that. Uh, if you're my age, Willie Hernandez was a stud. Um, he was a uh, an MVP and a Cy Young in that Tigers amazing season where they started off thirty five and five. I still have never seen a start like that, and you just knew who'd win the World Series. And they ran into the Pods, I think thirty five and five. But this was a uh, <clears throat> a guy who came out of Puerto Rico and. He was a uh, reliever um, for—he um, was one of those guys who was a reliever and an MVP. But he was a Rule 5 guy from the Phillies to the Cubs, and then the Cubs traded him back to the Phillies, and then the Tigers picked him up, and then that was one of the uh, great moves. And he was a screw uh, screwball guy, which I don't know— how much we see the screwball anymore? It kind of morphed into the cutter a little bit. And, you know, it's funny to think about the split fingered pitch that Roger Craig tried to get everybody to do. And I was just talking with Dave Stewart last night at an event, and he—you got to have big hands to do that. But um, he appeared. He pitched in half the games. And he had 32 saves and 33 chances. The ERA was under two. He got the Cy Young. He got the MVP. He made the All-Star Games. Now, if you think about, and I, I am completely against a pitcher winning an MVP because they get the Cy, and that's lame. I mean, unless you win 30 games, but the only pitchers to get the Cy Young, and the MVP, Don Newcomb, Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, Danny McClain, Vita Blue, he deserved it, Raleigh Fingers, Willie Hernandez, as I mentioned, Roger Clemens, remember Dennis Eckersley did it, and that's when the um, Yankees offered Bernie Williams for Dennis Eckersley, and they said no. Justin Verlander in 2011 and nine years ago, Clayton Kershaw, but if you look back to that 94 season, he came uh, in for the last two as a six-out uh, six save. And he had a little, um, he, it's funny, he had like a short afro, but the afro would like, it was puffed out on either side of his hat with a, a mustache. It was kind of his uh, signature look. And then later on, it was about 15 years ago, he ended up getting a, uh, a pacemaker. And uh, so anyway, our condolences to his family and friends and the uh, baseball fans out there. All right. Um, let's bring in our guests and they're making a return. It's Sylvia Ortiz and her son, J.R. Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz. They're here to talk about micro life naturals. And uh, Sylvia, ladies first. You guys have expanded this so much. I mean, you're we're talking about micro pets now. The daily superfood. What, what's next for you guys?
25: Well, we continue to be the original greens on the market. Macro Life started in 1998. And, Rick, it's so good to be on Sports Byline uh, and to be talking with you again today.
3: And, JR, this stuff is non-GMO, gluten-free, keto. It's just uh, anything people are scared of. You're like, don't worry about it. You'll be all right, right?
16: <laughs> well, you know, the, the formulas are meant to take the guesswork out of daily nutrition, so, you know, there's a lot of other, you know, ways to, to get your nutrients, multivitamins, things like that. But we really make it simple because there's things that you just cannot get in your daily diet. Um, and, uh, and with supplements, that's, we, we want to take that guesswork out. Make it easy and delicious.
3: And also, Sylvia, the thing about the uh, macro life, the packets, the coconut oil powder, and, and I'm holding a couple here up to the twitch.tv cameras here. Uh, chocolate and vanilla collagen MCT superfoods. I think a lot of times people hear this stuff and they they don't know the the what this means. So I'll ask you because I don't know what it means. What's MCT?
25: Uh, MCT is a coconut powder, and that's the um,
16: medium that, chain triglycerides. There it the is. actual acronym names, yes. Yeah. So that that's in the macro meal to really help the um, to help satiety. Because you know you need that healthy fat source to uh, to have the protein be digested in a way that it keeps you fuller for a longer period of time. So that's an that's a oil that we from coconuts that we actually make into a powder, and that is the fat source that's contained in the macro meal protein.
25: Right, and the macro meal is is your complete meal source. Um, it's 25 grams of protein. Um, <clears throat> that's considered 50% of the RDA. And um, it's, it not only has the protein, but it has the vegetables and the fruits as well as the healthy oil, the probiotics. Um, it's just loaded and, and complete.
3: It says, you mentioned 25 grams of protein. It says time-released protein. How does that work, Jr?
16: Sure. So, you know, it's the special blend of proteins that we use. We use a, in that particular formula, that is the omnivore. Uh, I'm an omnivore uh, myself. And so what we use is the collagen peptides, the 90% collagen peptides. You probably have heard them or tried, you know, vital proteins before. It's a great product, great ingredient. And we use the 90% collagen peptides because that goes straight into the bloodstream. And then we... uh, Layer that with the vegan protein concentrates from pea protein and brown rice protein concentrates. Then the last, the slowest of the digesting bunch, is the whey protein concentrate. So you truly have a fast, a medium, and a slower digesting protein stack that you won't find in any other protein product. Layered in with that um, MCT oil powder, uh, that is very, very... uh, It's very successful for people when they're trying to lose weight, want something that is very nutritious and tasty. Um, Last but not least is the 72 trace minerals. That's something that people think that they're hungry when actually they're a little dehydrated. So that's why we put in the trace minerals to provide micro and macronutrition.
3: Sylvia, when did it get to the point where you're like, we're making a cocktail, food for life, ingredients with a purpose, all the, the catchphrases, Did you get to the thing where you're like, look, it's not enough, or like it's too much? Like, did someone come to you and say, hey, throw in this vitamin C too? And you're like, look, it's it's already got enough stuff right now. Like, what was like the sweet spot?
25: Well, uh, macro macro greens, which is our uh, foundational formula, surpasses the nutrition of five servings of fruits and vegetables without the uh, calories or carbohydrates, and it contains 38 synergistic ingredients that feed the body at the cellular level and uh, so that makes it you know there is no need for anything else Uh, it's a very complete greens uh, very comprehensive greens Um, and did you know that almost 30 percent of the world's population lacks some essential vitamins and minerals in their bodies and uh, that equates to about 2 billion people that are deficient in vitamins and minerals. And if you even just target the U.S., where we are more health-conscious uh, than any other nation, 90% of our population lo- lacks proper nutrients. And, you know, that was, that was the impetus that uh, uh, got me to create the macro greens was, you know, my son, Jr. Uh, he his body was deficient in different vitamins and minerals and nutrients because he was so active in sports, specifically tennis, that he was sweating out all these minerals and his body was just craving and craving uh, the those nutrients and his food cravings were out of control. And that was what led him to uh... to become so overweight actually obese uh... in and uh... i knew that if i could feed him the vitamins and minerals that his body was needing balance his body's ph uh... that would uh... help uh... uh, stop the food cravings and get him on the healthy track and you know uh... you know to our both of our surprise it worked so well that in six months he lost sixty five pounds and uh, you know, went to uh, uh, back to his <laughs> fighting
22: weight.
3: <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> and, and, should and and mm-hmm, go ahead, real quick. To answer
16: your question, uh, Rick. You know, the uh, we let science be our guide with formulations. We don't just put a sprinkle of something in there to claim it on the label. Mm-hmm. We use the uh, the studies that have been that have shown that a certain amount of these active ingredients are efficacious, and that's what we use as our guide and you know there's a, there's a lot of new supplements or ingredients coming out all the time but we really use science as our guide so we don't just add things willy-nilly <laughs> but um, you know if it's a science-based then uh, then it has merit and it has it's efficacious
3: Macrogreens, by the way 18 billion probiotics I always like that stat it's micro life naturals we got macro greens we got the macro meal we got macro pets we've got uh, macro ge- greens for kids berry and Coco, and we're speaking with the family behind it, the Ortiz's, Sylvia and Jr. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your findings again.
16: Oh, lovely. Thank you so much, Rick, for having us again. And, um, you know, Team Macro, we <laughs> appreciate you.
3: All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We have open lines on the other side, and if you'd like to talk sports, I'm here for you. 1-800-878-PLAY.
0: That's 800-278-1738. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you,
7: but you're crazy.
10: saw Rick Tittle at the
20: laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept
15: staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I be like that then.
3: I saw you, girl. Don't act like I did when I didn't. All right, welcome back to the show. 1-800-878-PLAY. Let's go to Houston, Texas. Christian, what is up?
27: Nothing much, Rick Tittle. I mean... I know I basically talk about the voiceover artists that you have, I mean, that you hired long ago to do all those promotional bumpers or those yeah. bumpers in general, but those really should be locked up in a time capsule, <laughs> so to speak.
3: You're <laughs> sick of them, huh? It's only 20 plus years.
27: No, I'm not sick of them. I actually enjoy them, it's actually pretty unique. Especially compared to other stations across across this country. Oh, you're <laughs> saying
3: they should be protected like by the Library of Congress. Got you.
27: Yeah, okay. Yeah, putting
3: words in your mouth, yes.
27: Right, 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 <laughs> of course. But but still though. I just got a couple of well actually a few quick things to talk about, mm-hmm. not that much time. First of all, when it comes down to And, I mean, I know that you had Janet Wald on earlier talking about the entertainment business, but when it comes down to the Thanksgiving halftime performers, I mean, you got Jack Harlow for the Lions game on Thursday. You got Dolly Parton because Lord knows she needs even more time in the spotlight. And you got Steve Aoki. I mean, do you think that the NFL is basically trying to make these Thanksgiving halftime shows at least more marketable than the potential Super Bowl halftime show they're going to have with Usher?
3: No, they just want to make as much money as they possibly can. Who, St- Steve Aoki, who's that?
27: He is an electronic dance music DJ, which means in this mm-hmm. case, all he does is uses a USB flash drive <laughs> to
3: make music. <laughs> All right, hold on, Dominic. Do you want to chime in on this? Do you, oh, he doesn't want Dominic. You know who he is, though, right? Um, well, listen, it's it's like the Super Bowl. This is, and we're we're gonna have a Black Friday game, which we've never had in NFL history. It's a it's a chance, mm-hmm. kind of like the Taylor Swift thing. It's a chance to bring in. You know, they have millions of fans, but there's also millions of people that don't care about football. And so everyone that they can add on to it, they're going to try for.
27: Basically those who wouldn't know a first down from a first date.
3: (laughs) Pretty good. I mean,
27: it's kind of like what happened last night with the whole Kelsey versus Kelsey Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl rematch. Everybody was wondering about Taylor Swift. It's just that Taylor Swift was wrapping up her tour in Brazil.
3: Uh, was she not there last night?
27: No, she was uh, not.
3: Well, she's an Eagles fan anyway, so maybe she's happy. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
27: She probably wouldn't even know that her significant boyfriend has a brother that plays for the Eagles.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. That guy, guess- uh, Jason, the fat guy with the beard, was one of people's top ten sexiest men alive, if that's what you're going for, he is your guy.
27: I mean, (laughs) I heard about that on the (laughs) CBS story about it. I think Nate Burleson was narrating it earlier today It's on the interweb, so to speak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But still, though, that's kind of crazy to me.
3: Last night your Uh, Rockets were in town here, and the Warriors finally, I think we dropped like a six-game losing streak.
27: Uh yeah, of course. And what an easy way for the what an easy way for the Warriors to at least get rid of some pent up frustration. Yeah. And I also but, got to
3: talk to Dusty Baker, your uh-huh. ma your former manager last night too, briefly.
27: That must have been a great experience. I mean, especially considering the fact that he I mean, he's still trying to stay involved in sports mm-hmm. in general, not just in baseball. He's trying to get on as somebody's advisor. Well, it's it's funny. The, the first thing. time I
3: ever talked to him mm-hmm. was '94 when he was the um, the the uh, hitting coach for um the Giants. The Giants. And, or actually '93, then he got the main job, and he got Bobby Bonds and uh, a couple other guys to uh, help him out. Bob Lillis and some other guys. But yeah, it's 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 hard to think about. It's almost thirty years ago I first met him.
27: Wow, I that's incredible, I'm dude. old. I'm <laughs> I understood, understood. I remember but, Taft. He was you know, fat,
3: but I still liked him.
27: Understood. Yeah. But a question I also want to ask is when it comes down to Oakland losing three sports teams mm-hmm. now in the course of a decade, Ugh. at least coming up with the fact that the A's are moving to Las Vegas, Mm-hmm. Do you think that people will probably think of San Francisco as the main town in the Bay Area for sports?
3: Well, I think they already did. I I think a lot of people, quite honestly, don't even know that Oakland's in the Bay Area. Um, You know, it's, uh, it's the kind of thing where the other day my friend was telling me that her daughter might go to Baylor, and I always thought, Waco was on the Rio Grande. I didn't know Waco was north of Austin. So I think that's a lot of people don't even think about where Oakland is. You kind of have to have a, a general understanding of the bay area with you know Oakland on the east side, San Jose on the south, San Francisco on the on the west side and then the Marin County and the wine country sort of to the north. But you don't it's sort of like the first time I went to New York. You hear about Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island, and it's not till you're there you're like, Oh, that's where it is. That's over here. You know, you just hear about it. So San Francisco is always has and always will get the love.
27: Yeah, of course. But I just feel bad for Oakland though because they literally have nothing to fall back on. I mean, outside of sports entertainment, but Literally, they have nothing to fall back on sports-wise. I mean, the A's left. Then, previous to that, the Warriors left. Then, previous to that, the Raiders left. And, I mean, it just sucks for them because of the fact that, you know, they can't land any future tenants because people are going to think of Oakland as the city that nearly went into bankruptcy.
3: Well, listen, it's had its problems, you know. I mean, I remember when New York went bankrupt and President Forrest said, kiss my butt. I'm I'm not giving you any kind of federal bailout. You guys did it to yourself. Uh, but, yeah, when you say you feel sorry for Oakland, you're saying you feel sorry for me. So I appreciate it.
27: I mean, come to think of it, I mean, I didn't know that you were really. I mean, obviously, I know you commentated for the writers and the AIEs. And you did post-game coverage for both of them. But I didn't know that you were actually from Oakland.
3: Yeah, I've lived in two different houses. The first house I ever bought was in Oakland. My dad's from Oakland. One of my grandmothers from Oakland. My mom's from Richmond. I'm from Richmond. Pretty much East Bay all the way.
27: I see. Hmm. I see. I mean, that's understandable. Oh, and one more thing I want to ask, and I know this took place yesterday during your show, as your show was pretty much coming on the air. But I basically want to ask this now: when it comes down to the, when it comes down to Bellator MMA based out of San Jose, getting bought out by the Professional Fighters League, even though I know this is something that you wouldn't talk about, it'd be something for the wrestling observer or. Bring talk live to talk about do you think that pretty much downgrades a lot of options for mixed martial artists to go to because you would have that or the ufc
3: yeah it's interesting because you know we we've been uh friends of bellator and and vice versa over the years had a lot of people uh, in studio but uh as you said, you're probably more the the expert on that on me. But anyway, Christian, mm-hmm.
27: man, anything else, buddy? Mm, nothing much other than that. <laughs> thanks
3: All for giving right, me a call, man, and well. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving, my friend.
27: Hey, thanks for having me on. I hope to talk to you on social media at Rick Tittle, and I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving as well.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. one 800 play We still got about four minutes left in this segment. The Padres uh, have a manager now. And they don't know Schilt from Shinola. <laughs> Let the jokes begin. No, but they're hiring Mike Schilt as their new manager. Um, this He's been with the team since January of 2022. He has served as senior advisor to player development. And he was also the interim third base coach for a stretch when Matt Williams was recovering from hip surgery. Remember, Bob Melvin has taken Ryan Christensen from his Oakland and San Diego days, and now Matt Williams' his former teammate. Uh, he's taken them to the uh, the Giants, and Matt Williams is far Remember, Matt Williams was a, a manager who was very successful for a while there, especially with the Nationals, um, but he's fired up to be back with the Giants because he feels like he's still a Giant. Um, <clears throat> so now all 30 manager jobs are occupied. The Padres were the last one. If you remember Schilt, as far as a manager, he took over. He's 55, and he took over St. Louis, uh seat when uh, Mike Matheny uh, got fired in 2018, and they went 41-28 and down the stretch, so they gave him the full-time job. Then the Cardinals won 91 games and won the NL Central in 2019. They got to the NLCS, and then in 2021, only his second season as the full-time manager, the Cardinals won 90 and then lost the wild-card game to the 106-win Dodgers, and they fired him. Remember that? It was philosophical differences. He felt that uh, the guy was named Socrates, and the DeWitt family that owned the Cardinals said that it was Socrates. So they had some philosophical differences. But the guy in his career is 53 games over 500. He averages 91 wins per season so far. And the Padres were a major disappointment. The one-run games, they were 9-23. and And extras, 2-12. and And so they need to find out what they're going to do with the Cy Young winner, Blake Snell, who's now won it in both leagues. You think about Josh Hader also hitting free agency. And then, of course, the rumors that Juan Soto, who's in a walkier, could get dealt. But Chilt, this is not, to me, an old-boy network type of thing. It is a retread, but a guy who... This isn't like hiring Josh McDaniels, who sucked. It's hiring a guy who actually was good. So, on paper, it's a nice piece of business for the uh, the Padres. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Oh, here's Steve Aoki with the Backstreet Boys.
0: Airlines don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855 325 5647. 855 325 5647. That's 855 325
1: 5647. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more, and at least two federal student loans, and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
0: 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans.
16: It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass.
9: She was mad. She looks so good. I want to hold her, want to hold her tight. Get yeah, teenage kicks right
10: through the night. Rick Tittle's got a black belt in keeping it real.
3: All right. A couple minutes left in the show. And uh, tomorrow on the show, Marlon Wayans will be back again, comedian and actor. The uh, Colts are coming out of a bye week with one of their main fixtures on their defense. They have cut Shaq Leonard. And Shaq Leonard was very gracious on social media. He said, Indy, I want to thank you for accepting me and my family with open arms. These past six years have been nothing but incredible. Through the good times and bad time, one, y'all stood by my side. And I apologize for not bringing that trophy back to the 317 The energy at Lucas Oil has been nothing but amazing, and I thank you for every memory. I'm thankful to play for such an amazing fan base. I love you guys and wish the Colts nothing but the best. That's called the high road. Jim Ursay, the owner, said, quote, Colts Nation will always remember the maniac's palpable energy on the field with each tackle, interception, punch-out, and fumble recovery. Off the field, he's a servant leader and assisted numerous families in both his hometown and the Indianapolis community. We're thankful for Shaq and the contributions he made towards our organization. We wish him and his beautiful family the best moving forward. So on paper, it's all love, love. And, you know, this is a guy out of South Carolina State. What? Yeah, that's a college. South Carolina State who ended up winning... Defensive Rookie of the Year, Pro Bowls. But now I think he needs to put on a silver and black helmet. <laughs> he can be claimed by anybody. If a team does claim him, they'll owe him about $6 million through the rest of the season. He's also under contract through 2026 for $13.6 million next year, $14.8 million the year after that, and $19.1 million in 2026. So it seems he'll probably sign with someone and then renegotiate the rest of those years. No one's taken on all of that. I'm Rick Tuttle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow right here at 9 a.m.